Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Hi. It's December. Happy December. I'm so excited about it. I've been singing Christmas songs I in my house. <laughs> but I have. I'm getting excited. And I actually haven't decorated yet. I know you're, you've decorated. It's really about uh, efficiency. Yeah. It's like take one down and put one up in well, one day. I haven't taken Thanksgiving down. So um, usually we go get our tree the weekend of Thanksgiving. And we didn't go. The friends we go with are out of town. So we haven't done it yet. And that just kind of brings in the transfer of Absolutely. things. And it didn't get done. So this morning I pulled out of my driveway. It's a winter wonderland here. Yep, lots, lots of, of snow. snow this morning. And the pumpkins on my porch are covered in snow. And I was like, that looks wrong. Yeah. I need to at least remove the pumpkins from the front yard. I just took our pumpkins away yesterday because they were starting to get like... mushy. Yeah, it was kind I of I was gross. kind of wondering, like, could I still get any pumpkin out of it? Or is, have they been sitting out too long? Ours are gross. I don't okay. know. I don't know how long. I don't either. I'll have... I meant to look that up. I don't know. Yeah. But But we'll it there. was time, so we did dispose yesterday. You disposed of the pumpkins. It was... The final transfer. The final transfer. <laughs> that was random. Sorry. Close to Christmas. <laughs> so, yes, I'm excited because three weeks of school for me. That's pretty exciting. And then exciting. I get Christmas break. That's fabulous. I can do, anyone can do three weeks. Seriously. Anyone can teach for three weeks. I 100%. Three weeks in December is definitely different than three weeks in September. Yes. But I can I do it. I can imagine. I can do totally it. hyped so, up. Do yeah. you have special Christmassy things planned for the next three weeks? Or are you just like, you've got so much schoolwork to get in that we have you to know, push on? I try to keep it uh, as normal as possible because they're already so hyped up by everything they're doing at home in the season. Yeah. But there, it's hard because we have like the choirs doing a Christmas program. So we have that assembly the middle school band is coming to do Christmas songs, which is that one is fun for me because my daughter's in the middle school. That's pretty cool. So that's fun. I'll get to see her. There's just all these, the school sing along. It's hard to not do things. So yes. we have three weeks. I do art once a week with my class. So I have three art projects planned um, that we'll do. And then I try to incorporate like, in our math lesson, I'll substitute like our story problems that talk about birds or squirrels. We'll do candy canes and so Santas fun. or presents. So I try to include there, but I do really try to stick to normalcy. I can see how that because would probably re be really good for the kids. Hard to rein it in if yeah. it gets too out when they're so And excited. if everything is chaos at home to come yes. and feel the stability of school. Yes. For three That's weeks, good. hang with me, kids. We got to learn the letter F. Three weeks. <laughs> I love it. That's what we learned today. F. Well, Jamie. Important things. Yes. Speaking of Christmas, we are reading a Christmas book uh, this month. I'm excited for it. Me too. We are Do reading I Seven Days of Us by Francesca Hornick. Now, I am not familiar with this author. It's her first novel. She's oh. written other books, but this being a novel is different. Like she has, she has a couple other books. One being history of the world in 100 modern objects. 
The other one is worry with mother, 101 neuroses for the modern mama. So not novels, but more of informational texts or anyway. So let me read about her and you'll kind of see what her history is. This is her first novel. So we'll see how she does with that. But um, Francesca Hornick is a British author, journalist, and former columnist for the Sunday Times. Her day. Her debut novel, Seven Days of Us, was published by Berkeley, an imprint of Penguin Random House, in October of 2017. Little Island Productions and Entertainment One have preempted TV rights to the book. Francesca's work has appeared in newspapers and magazines, including The Sunday Times, The Economist, The Financial Times, The Guardian, Metro, L, Grazia, Stylist, Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan, and Red. She is the author of two nonfiction books, History of the World in 100 Modern Objects, Middle Class Stuff and Nonsense, and Worry with Mother, 101 Neuroses for the Modern Mama. So she's published before, but never a novel. This is her first novel, but she has quite the history of writing. So she's she's published. She is published otherwise. But yeah, her first novel. And 2017. So this one's been around for a while. And I've never had it come up on any of my lists until recently. So maybe a little bit of a resurgence there for her. Very cool. I'm excited to read it. That's awesome. Yeah. Fun fact out of the way. Yeah, today we get to talk about what we've been reading. I have so much on my shelf that I've had a hard time deciding what to talk about today i have not so much but i've read mostly good but i also read a really bad one and then i was like but i don't want to talk about that one but i wanted to warn you all not to you don't need to waste your time reading it maybe just throw that out i'm gonna throw it out without giving a lot of description (laughs) i'm not gonna give any description but if it was on a couple lists so if you find yourself looking at the book haters book club pass just pass yeah And it started out with so much promise, and then it just kind of fizzled, and I'm like, just spit it out already. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about it. That's disappointing. Um, Let's also really quickly report back on our Thanksgiving book quiz. Oh, yeah. Because we never came back around to that. That was my fault. I didn't read the book in enough time. We did have a quick turnaround for that. Yeah. So, Sarah, remind us what book you had and what you thought. I was given The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory. 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 And it was like a cute rom-com, funny story about a girl who gets proposed to um, in the middle of a baseball game on the big screen to someone she's only dated a short time. It's super awkward. She says no. And from there... You know, she meets someone else and he helps her out of the hard situation. Anyway, it's a cute little rom-com. Yeah. I really liked it. I gave it three stars. I've read that one before. I thought it was cute, too. I really liked it. Easy read, quick, because it was just lighthearted, but fun and a good Fun recommendation. Yeah. 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 I agree with you on that one. Um, What was yours? I can't even remember. was The Lives We Never, The Lives We Never Lived. Um, and I listened. That's a sad title. <laughs> I listened to two hours of it, and I can't tell you anything about it <laughs> except for it was a man <laughs> with a Middle Eastern accent. Or oh. no, yeah, I don't know. I can't tell you. <laughs> two hours into it, and I was like, "What's this about?" 
not interested. So you turned it off. That's okay. I passed. I figured if it's two hours in and I have eight hours la- left, then I'm good to pass. I tried. It yeah. was not. You got a hit. I got a miss. Yeah, it happens. It's it's what it is. So the unfortunate part is I had to buy it from Audible and I oh, didn't finish it. So that sucks. Don't go buy it. I'm reporting back. You don't need it. Oh, there's I a lot of other good books in the world. Would have not been happy. Yeah, with with that. That, that was kind of a waste. So, I hate buying. But that was a fun quiz. It was a fun quiz. It was a super fun quiz. My sister did it and got a different book than either of us. Oh. So at least there were three options out there. I do like hearing that. Yeah, me too. So it's not just you get this book or this book. There were there was at least three options. That's based very on good. Your Thanksgiving aesthetic. So I'm very glad to hear that. Anyway, Sarah, what is on your shelf currently? All right. The first book I'm going to talk about today is The Final Gambit. It is by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. It's number three of the trilogy. It's okay, a trilogy. A trilogy. It's the Inheritance Games. Okay. So I've read all three. So and I think I've talked about yeah. the other two here on the podcast. Um, it's it's a fun series. I've really enjoyed this series. It's got a lot of like games in it. The the series synopsis, just like a quick overview of the whole series, is this girl who comes from Nothing really. Her mother has mother doesn't know who her dad is. Mother died, taken care of by her sister. Um, gets in trouble a lot and whatever inherits like this billionaire's money, his home, everything, and he doesn't leave anything to his like children or his grandchildren. Just her. Just her. This strange. This stranger nobody even knows why he would have chosen her there's no there's no relation connection. that they can seem to connect them no with. okay and but there are some stipulations and so you kind of watch her kind of um come into this inheritance because she has to live in the house for a year she, you know there's just things and then there's people out to kill her because they don't think she deserves the money and maybe there's a way around the in the will and all these things so it's it's very interesting and this old man is just he's very smart and he loves games and like um trying to figure things out like chess and you know qu- like I, it's not quiz what's the word i'm looking for but riddles okay okay and everything is kind of you got to figure out yeah. and it's tricky and things so we've gone through the first two books leading to where we are now and it's kind of the wrap up of her you know is she going to finally yeah. get it and does this finish her, up the series? It totally it does. Comes to an end. Okay. And she has a relation. He has all grandsons, mm-hmm. and he and she, you know, is now forming relationships with, with each of them in different ways. And you're kind of seeing the wrap up of that. And it was really well done. Awesome. It was super fun. We find out that there's, you know, another granddaughter out there in the world, and she kind of comes into the story in this book. And um, maybe there he has a big enemy out there and trying to figure out who this enemy is that really hated the grandfather, uh-huh. but is willing to destroy the girl just to destroy the name of the grandfather. And so there's a lot of, it's just super fun. Clever. That sounds really fun. Clever, clever writing. I'm always like, how do you guys come? Like, how do they come up with and this And then make stuff? all the pieces match together. Like yes. it's a riddle within itself. Like- it really is. And I enjoyed it so much. I gave it four stars. Um, 
and it's called The Final Gambit. The whole series I would recommend. It's super fun. And really, I'm looking at it right now. This book has over 67,000 ratings and has a 4.2 overall score. So it's it's well-liked, I think, by most. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I have not read the first one. I haven't read this series at all. So it might be a fun one. Now that it's all out, I love to binge the series together. I hate having to wait. Yeah. Okay. Which I... I'm not going to talk about it today, but I just finished a number two of one of them and I'll talk about it next time. But yeah, the waiting, you start forgetting things. And then I know I did. I did have to get like, have a refresher. I almost wish they would do that really quickly. Like, like, you know how they do that before television shows last week. You know, I would love that. Previously on. Yes. Yes. Yes, That would be helpful. helpful. I agree. (laughs) My old, my getting older aged wisdom brain. Needs a refresher. Yeah, I agree. And I've read a lot of books since then, too. So I agree. Okay, the first one I'm going to talk about today is The Many Daughters of Afong Moy by Jamie Ford. This was so fascinating to me. Just the idea. It's almost almost sci-fi. Almost, but not really. But like medical advancement (laughs) type. What? How, what if we had this to treat this, you know? So maybe more so that. Okay. So not sci-fi. I'm making things up. It is about generations of daughters of Afong Moy. So Afong Moy was the first, she is a real person. She really existed. She was the first um, Chinese person to set foot in America. So long, 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 long time ago. And she was, I don't remember how she got to America, but once here, nobody had seen an Asian person. Wow. And she was used like as a show. Oh. It was like she was owned by this guy, or maybe he sponsored her, or maybe he brought her here. I don't know how she got here. I don't remember. But once she was here, he was, she was his. And he sold tickets. He rented out theaters and dressed her in traditional Chinese clothing. And people bought tickets. This was a show to come and see the Chinese woman. And so she was not looked at as human. She was not treated well either. And she hated it. And she didn't, she learned English over time, but, um, she kind of hid that she knew as much as she did because then she didn't have to have conversations with people, but he didn't treat her well. Mm-hmm. And um, that trauma that she experienced of coming to a new country and the way she was treated and looked at set into her DNA. So the oh. story is about um, generational trauma and how it's passed down and is really embedded in our DNA. And there are some studies that show that we inherit, that our DNA is built off of, or that we have trauma that we carry from our parents and their parents, that that it does come down. And, and the studies are a little bit controversial. Like there's some with mice that, um, anyway, and it references that study in here. I don't know how much I really believe. I do believe that I don't know if it comes from our DNA or if it comes from the behaviors of our parents, but I do believe we take on some of our parents' trauma 
it comes down to us somehow. We're affected by it. Yeah. But this book is about that it comes down into your DNA. And so it skips around to all these different daughters of Afong Moy in different time periods and okay. their experiences and their individual trauma that they experience and ha- what they've gotten from their ancestors' trauma, and then they add to it and add to it and add to it. So we come down, I think there's five generations in the book. And the the final generation, the final girl, her name is Dorothy. And she is she experiences some serious mental health issues, some serious depression. And this is set in like nine in 2042. So this is futuristic. So we've got past, we've got present daughters. And then this is in the future from now, she's starting to see some of these things in her five-year-old daughter, and she wants to break the chain. She wants it to stop. She knows how it feels to feel so awful, and she doesn't want her daughter to have this too. And so she finds this doctor that has said to study this and has discovered a treatment for clearing out those memories from our DNA. Hmm. Super interesting. It I do want to say the ending kind of fizzled out and I was like, oh, I was I was looking for so much more. But a lot of really good what ifs, like what if they could do that? Or thought-provoking ideas, like this doctor is of um, Native American descent and she had an office in this building and the way the government wanted land like they do of Native Americans of different tribes for their resources. And so uh, the resolution to this was the Native American tribe said, okay, you can take our land if we can have any building, like we get a building in a city, or we if we choose a building, we get to keep it. And so that was an agreement, they got buildings. And in their buildings, this doctor runs her practice, but she doesn't have to follow FDA rules. Because it still is the rule of tribal rules. tribal Yes. So they are not restrained. So that could be bad, but it can also be good. So her treatment is actually showing really, really great progress and promise, but she doesn't have to have the money and the time to get it approved to use. So her clients have to sign all this stuff saying that they understand that, but it's her method of doing it. It's really interesting. Hmm. really creative. Like, I love that idea that the government and the tribes have come to a resolution that benefits them. They deserve, anyway, really cool. cool. I really liked the idea of all of it and how they went about it and the different timelines of generation um, all simultaneously put together. It it was really good. I gave it four stars. The Many Daughters of Afong Lee. Very, very cool. By Jamie Ford. Yeah, so- that's my first one. Sorry, I took so long. No, that was great. I'm, I'm looking that one up. Okay, the next book I'm going to talk about today is called The Keeper of Enchanted Rooms by mm. Charlie N. Holmberg. Um, I saw this one. It's a newer book, and it's it just came out in November, and it's been on a few read you know read lists. And so mm-hmm. I had it on my list for a while. So when it became available, it was printed. I was excited to get it and finally get to read it. Um, this is kind of like a fantasy 
mm-hmm. but not really a, an extreme fantasy. Okay. I don't know how else we to describe it. We kind of into a little bit of fantasy. Yeah, I mean, there's magic. Okay. Um, it's set back in the 1800s, and there are magical people, but it's like well-known, and magic is actually becoming extinct. Um, fewer and fewer people have magic. It's getting watered down by non-magical th- people. Uh-huh. Um, and so you, they're kind of like, they rate what they think, what what amount of magic you might have based okay. on your lineage, right? Okay. Like, oh, we knew this family member had this kind of magic and You're this like one. and 60% magic. Yeah, but really, we're talking like 8%. Oh, we're really 10%. Low. It's very low. Um, and that there are magical homes mm-hmm. that like the houses themselves have magic and there's okay. lots of different reasons that they can, but there are very few. So when you find a magical home, it is protected under this like, there's a magical Like the historical society. society yes. Oh, and they just kind of idea. watch over these houses okay. and make sure that they are cared for. They provide um, a housekeeper, you know, a cook that understand magic and can help maintain Preserve. the house okay. right and keep it under control because it can go crazy uh, and we don't I want the house imagine. to be wild yeah so it you know just contains the magic in the home but while also preserving its magic yeah it's unique interesting so um there's a young man who inherits a house and he is very surprised about this he doesn't know why he's inherited this house he's estranged from his family but he, it couldn't have come at a better time, and he decides he's going to go live in this house. It's on an island by itself, really out of the way. So it takes a bit to get there. And when he finally gets there, he finds that it's magic, and it traps him inside and will not let him leave. And because there's been this, no one's lived there for a lot of years. And since there's this new transition of ownership, it becomes... It comes onto the radar of this magical society. And they're like, oh, this house now is having someone live there. It's magical. We need to go help this person who lives there. And so they send someone out there to help him. And they find him locked in the house. And Mm -hmm. so you watch him, you know, learning the house, learning the mannerisms of the house. Mm -hmm. He's not super happy about it. He just wants to live there. Anyway, there's this all this history uh, or all this experience of him. And this woman sent from the society to get the house. They get a housekeeper. And in the background, like a side story, there's a wizard who's um, stealing other wizards' power. And when he does that, he he basically drains them of their life. Oh. By stealing their life, their magic, he mm-hmm. basically drains them of their being and ter- like shrivels them. And he's kind of going around stealing and they're trying to, and so that's happening in the background. And obviously they do come into contact with each other. And it's the story of just the house and how the house is magic. Um, how does it get its magic? This other person that's trying to steal the magic of people. Anyway, it, it's really interesting and it's super creative. I mean, we've talked about how people have these imaginations, yeah. which it was so, it was really well done. I mean, that's I, all such I unique ideas. The idea of yes. a magical house that is going to be on the historic society page that we have to preserve. And yes. I mean, that's so unique. And people are losing interest in it. Oh, magic. But yeah. the magic does bring a lot of helpful things. It helps people grow crops. It helps them in their transportation. There's a lot of, 
unique good things. from it. Yes, but it's just kind of dwindling. So there's that element too. It was super fun. I it really enjoyed fun. it. I was interested from start to finish. It's called The Keeper of Enchanted Rooms. I gave it four stars. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, my next book is On the Rooftop by Margaret Wilkerson Sexton. Um, I hadn't read any books by her. She's got a couple other books out, but I hadn't read any by her. Um, this was a Reese's book club pick. And I, I, I liked it. It kind of, it takes place in like the 1950s in San Francisco and it's a black neighborhood. We've got a mom, Vivian, and she's got three daughters. Um, and the mom wanted to be a singer growing up. And her parents wouldn't let her like that was just fluff dreams. You don't do that. You learn to cook, you learn to clean, you find a husband, you have kids. Okay. And so there was no pushing this dream of being a singer. So when she has these three girls, she and they have voices, they have great voices. She wants them to have what she didn't have. So she is like stage mom. She is pushing them, pushing them. They have rehearsal every day. She does costumes. She does choreography with them. And they're just known all over this town. Now, this town in San Francisco, this neighborhood is kind of gentrifying. It's kind of breaking down. It's an old neighborhood, um, predominantly black, or if not all. um, And they're performing in this and they're growing up. They're getting older. They're known in the area. They've perform in like these nightclubs and mom has found them uh, has gotten somebody to come and watch them. And they've offered the deal of a lifetime to travel the United States and do shows. And they're all now coming of age. The oldest one, you know, probably early twenties. And then after that, and she doesn't really want to do this anymore. She kind of feels like she's outgrown it. This is her mom's dream, not her dream. And she wants something else. She doesn't want this. And so you kind of see them each, you know, they are, their lives in this career, they need to be a trio. They only want groups. They don't want single singers. Their only chance of making is if they all stay together, but they're kind of they each have their own thoughts of going different places and their own desires. And so it's, it battles that, that coming of age desire to move on. And then there's also the, um, the white men who want to, are coming in and trying to buy all the property to refurbish the neighborhood and make it more modern. And so you've got kind of those two stories going on and you kind of see these girls, you know, the oldest one decide, you know, she ends up leaving and not being in the group. And then, she gets married, she has a baby, and she's kind of lost her identity. And she doesn't even know what her identity is because she was always with her sisters. But now she's just the mom and wife over here. Is it? Is she still herself? So you just see them grapple and whether they come back together and really just want to be together or what they appreciated about each other and and what mom wants them to do and not do. It was a good, It's a good story. I enjoyed it. I gave it three stars. I love a good coming of age and spreading your wings to fly and maybe landing back home and maybe not. So I, I thought it was really good. It hits on racism and um, some, you know, more eye opening things that I don't think about or, um, or I'm reminded of how the issues of being friends with someone that's white, how that was looked upon in their community and in the white community, 
how it was looked upon to be friends with someone who's black. Really um, interesting points of view that I always enjoy um, learning more about. Absolutely. Anyway, On the Rooftop by Margaret Wilkerson Sexton. Awesome. That sounds good. Okay, the last book I am going to talk about today is The Dictionary of Lost Words by Pip Williams. Um, This is fun. kind of sounds like right down our alley. I know. <laughs> it is, actually. It really is. It takes place... Um, gosh, I don't even know the year. It's during the women's rights movement okay. in England. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even a little bit before then. So what comes to mind is Mary Poppins. Yes. Mary Poppins era. Very similar <laughs> to that okay. time in the world. And we're following this girl who whose mother died when she was very young and she's been raised by her father. Her father is works as a editor with other men gathering words for the Oxford dictionary. And this is the first of its kind to create a book with all the words. And they're starting with one letter at a time and they have a whole, you know, book just for a, and then they're going to release another book for B and then they're kind of like the encyclopedia. They're going to break it up into, but for for the dictionary dictionary. and every word. And so she basically as a child is raised in the offices of this with these men who are Mm -hmm. finding words and they're, you know, deciding if words are real and worth being put into the dictionary. Every word has to be sourced, has to be, you know, in a, where it's used in a in a book, it has to be referenced and it is quoted and you have to everything. know where you got the word from to be able to put it in the dictionary. To prove it's a real word. To prove I love it. Okay. I love this so much. It is so interesting. And I I'm pretty sure this is very much real on how it was done. Yeah. Um, and he, she talks about these slips of paper. The paper slips would fall if they were discarded. They they had different boxes. Yes, this is a keeper. This is not going to be used, but we'll ke- they keep the words. Even mm-hmm. if they are chosen to be not legitimate, they still keep them and their references, and they can reference them later as like, oh, yes, this was turned in. So people can send in their words wow. to the men, and they can decide they whether or not. They on it. And if they have they a word they're it. not sure of, they have people around England that they send off like, hey, I want you to look up this, look into this word for me. Can you find references for me? And that they they have like word sleuths. Yes, ah, it is fascinating. I be a so, word sleuth. but she finds herself like think she finds words very important. She grows up thinking, putting a lot of value into words yeah. and creating like she has a box. And when she finds a word that maybe has been set aside and discarded, like they're uh-huh. not going to use it, she thinks it's important still, and she starts gathering these words okay and putting them into her own box of words that they're the lost words lost words and um and she has her own experiences in in her youth which i will say in the first fourth of the book i think i talked to you about this last time there was a moment that like i think i about started crying it was so moving it was very much different than like the finding of the word just her person it was she did such a good job telling this story it was so sad and I I felt for the character so much. But you watch her from start to finish. So she has this whole life. She goes away for a while. She comes back. She is 
gathering her own words and she she's kind of set aside because she is a woman she is you know her education mm-hmm. is limited and so they don't always take her seriously but she, all she knows is this gathering of words that takes many many years i think that you know even through her life i don't even know if she sees it completed yeah it's that long that it takes them to publish to all this. of the things and there's the war that's happening and there's women's rights that are happening and because she doesn't get a lot of um Ability, and she doesn't have a lot of ability to add words to the official Oxford Dictionary. She finds herself noticing words that are being rejected. And so she begins keeping notes of words that are rejected. It's women's words. Ah, because so, it's not women. Right? Women don't write. Yeah, so it could not be referenced. Oh, my gosh. And, like, women who are, you know, employees, right? Like, worker women service maids um what's a bond maid yeah it's someone who is you know in service to another person but it's kind of like a slave and it's very interesting to see how these women who are bond maidens are like yeah i'm a slave like but they aren't they're paid but they're never enough to get out freedom no they're not free no anyway it's very interesting and the way the value of words and the importance of words and why do we what we need to make them um, actually real right language. Anyway, it's fascinating. I love it. I thought Can it was I really just good. Say, the cover is stunning. It's so fun. It is. It a is beautiful really, cover. Okay, so I've there's a few covers. Because, oh, is there a different? You have a different. I I mean, it's which is also pretty, but I like that oh, one. Oh yeah, better. the poppies. I have the one with poppies in the blue background. It's it's just I love it. It it's, really is super interesting, and I I find it. Like a very valuable question to be asking ourselves. Where does our language come from? The importance of the words that we use. Yeah. And who gets to say what is a word and what isn't a word? What isn't a word? Anyway, it's very, very interesting. That's And I I really did enjoy it. It's called The Dictionary of Lost Words. I gave it four stars. Awesome. I I can't wait for that one. Okay, my last one, I think I might have referenced that I was going to be reading this last time, is Now Is Not the Time to Panic by Kevin Wilson. So Kevin Wilson wrote um, Nothing to See Here, the book cover with the girl on fire, so unique story, just like out of the blue, I knew nothing about it. I picked it totally based off the cover, and I absolutely loved it. It was so weird and different and relatable. Um, I loved it. So I was excited when this, when he came out with another one. Now is not the time to panic. And I have to say this one isn't as weird and out there as the last, his last book, but this was really, it was really good. Okay, so this one is about this 16 year old girl, her name is Frankie, and she is experiencing all the loner attributes of a teenager that is possible. Her parents have divorced. She's got triplet older brothers. They live in an apartment. Mom has is working now. So she's kind of left on her own all the time. She's never really fit in. She has some friends, but not really any friends. Um, she doesn't really know where her place is. And her real name is Francis, but she goes by Frankie. And I thought this was so hilarious but dad remarries and has a child he had an affair and that's why they got divorced 
And the lady he marries, they have a child together, another girl that they name Frances. So this other girl has her exact same name and the same last name. And she doesn't have a relationship with her dad. She doesn't go and see him. But he names his new child with his new lover, wife, whatever, the exact same name as his previous child with his previous wife. That's weird. Is that weird? So she's just like, what is my identity? Who am I? And it's summertime and she's just kind of left on her own and is bored. She wants to, she writes, she's working on writing a novel. That's what she wants to do um, when she grows up. If she makes it to grow up, she just can't imagine that. Life is just, this is awful. Like, where is the fun in life? She meets this kid who's new to town, and he is in town for similar reasons. Um, Mom and dad are separated, and so they've moved in with grandma. And so this is like a little shanty town. It's like, there is nothing here. This is not, and he comes from a bigger town. I think it's Memphis. And so he's like, this is the worst place to be. My family's in a really bad place. And what am I going to do here all summer? My mom is giving me zero attention because she is like in a depression. All she does is play her violin all day. And so he's hanging out with grandma watching, you know, the price is right and her shows. And, um, and so he sees this girl, Frankie, and comes over and just starts talking to her one day. And they start hanging out. And I wouldn't say really friends, just they have nobody else to hang out with. So they start hanging out together. And he's an artist. She's a writer. And they want to do something. Something. But what do you do in this little town? So they come up with this idea. They're going to make a poster. And they're just going to hang these posters up over town. And anonymously. They're going to put them up in the middle of the night. So they come up with what the poster's going to say. And he designs the poster. And they put these posters up. And they're just, I mean, it's really dumb. But it's like, it gives them meaning. They have a purpose. And it's just, and so it kind of just unfolds from there. What happens with this really nothing idea of just two bored, lost teenagers and how the town reacts to it and the fallout of it? I, I loved it because I could so relate to being a teenager and wanting to be like, I did something like me and my, it made me remember one time me and my friend 16 just had our driver's license, wanted to do something like we wanted to go back to school on Monday and be like, can you believe we did this this weekend? Like that's kind of the mindset of a teenager, or at least I was, I don't know yes. if all teenagers are that way. And so we're like, we're going to drive to Wyoming, sleep in our car, Love this is it. a Saturday night, sleep in our car, and then just find a random church and go to church the next day. So we're still like, we're going to church because that's what we do. <laughs> but we're going to do it somewhere else. In and we're Wyoming. just going to be these like, who are those girls who just showed up at our church? Yeah, that is this so is our good. idea. And we start driving. This is late at night, even like, we start driving up to Wyoming. Why Wyoming? We live in Utah, by the way. I don't know why we thought go to Wyoming, but we did. It's not that far. Because it's a story. It's really not that far, but we just wanted a good story for when we came back to school. Yeah. And we it started snowing because oh. we have to go up through the canyon. And yeah. it was so bad that we had to turn around and come home. But it just this story reminded me of that mindset of like, ooh, ooh. we want to go do something. Yeah. And we want to be totally. crazy. Totally. And so this is what we're going to do. And... 
and then the fallout of it and where what it turns into. Anyway, that is so. I fun. really liked it. I gave it four stars. Um, I, I got through it so quick. He's a great writer. You really get to know these characters and can see exactly what they're thinking and the importance of this to them. I loved it. Now is not the time to panic by Kevin Wilson. Four stars. I love it. Go read it. Oh, so many good things. We'd love to hear if you have read any of these books or any of the other books we've talked about in the past episodes. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. I want to give a shout out to North Carolina. Our listeners in North Carolina, like all of a sudden, you're our number one listeners. We have so many <laughs> listeners. Please message us. Tell us where you found out about us and yeah. why so many all of a sudden from North Carolina. We Welcome love it. and thank you. I will We'd say I have you. a soft spot in my heart for North Carolina. I went there for the first time a couple oh, of years ago and yeah. I still look at real estate there. Please take like, me. Please take me to North Carolina. It is dreamy. Well, we're glad you're here. Seriously. I'd love to know how that happened and how you heard about us. Yes. Um, Rate, scribe, subscribe, share yeah. with your friends. Please. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is is your book book club. club.